Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that works its way into pretty much every corner of the property world to bring you all the stories that matter. And today we're taking our first look at a sector that by all accounts should be in the right place at the right time, the UK's holiday parks. The demand for uh, second homes or caravans or holiday homes, lodges, is really still good and it's proving so when people are actually going back on the parks to acquire their new homes, so to speak. And it's not just us that's interested in them, serious investors are as well. You've still got people who want to buy parks as a lifestyle operation and you've got big corporate operators um, and then you've got investors and private equity now come into the market. I'm Guy Ruddle and joining me are three people who together probably know more about this subject than is good for them. Amanda Blythe-Smith is a director in the Leisure and Trade team. She's based in the Oxford office and advises clients across a wide range of property from golf courses through holiday property to crematoria, amongst other things. Amanda, hello. Welcome to Real Estate Insights. Hi, Guy. Nice to be here. It's great to have you. David Gale Haslam is a director in the leisure team in the Chester office, who not only specialises in this area, but all, but has also owned and redeveloped a holiday park. David, welcome to you. Hi. And Chris Sweeney is an associate director in the leisure team, and he specialises in the valuation and sale of holiday leisure property. Chris, welcome to Real Estate Insights. Hi, Guy. Great, good. So, uh, where to start? David, can I start with you and, and sort of try and get an idea of, you know, I know this is, might sound like a silly question, but what is a holiday? What, what, what constitutes a holiday park? A holiday park can vary from uh, whether it's a permanent holiday centre, whether it's a, a, a static caravan park, whether it's a, a touring caravan park or some tents in a field. It covers a, a multitude of different uh, types of development which have evolved over, over the last uh, few decades, basically. And the, 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 have they evolved a lot over the last few decades? You know, have they, have they sort of got more professional or whatever? Very, very much so. With uh, a lot of uh, the, of the uh, park operators now, they are very, very professional in the way that they operate. They they do plough and invest an awful lot of money back into the parks, and uh, the benefit of, of that is is the the popularity that the park industry now has with the general public. And I've read a stat somewhere that the this sector provides roughly the same number of bed nights holiday bed nights in the UK as the hotel sector. Is that right? That's absolutely right, yes. Wow, that is amazing. Uh, Chris, um, what's the market like in, ter- in terms of how is, how is it structured? Are there lots of you know, farmers doing their own thing or are there you know, big conglomerates doing it? How, how, what's the ownership like? The market's broadly divided between three different three different types of ownership so you've got the corporate ownership that have the national coverage and the very very most substantial parks that you'll see on monday press in terms of advertising you've then got the middle size operators that are possibly second or third generation um, of five to ten parks across the country and then below that you've got the individual operators that maybe have one or two or three parks at the most um, all of which have spanned traditionally from from farms as as a business as a whole so they would have began as farms who diversified into leisure and tourism and have expanded beyond from that so it's a pro- pretty professional industry you know because one I'm, I'm, you know i perhaps shouldn't say this but you know, one slightly imagines you know when you think a holiday park for me it's like i slightly imagine you know 
a, a one-man <clears throat> band by the seaside somewhere with some property where they're you know they're you know they're sort of doing it on the cheap but it's not like that at all no i think that's how a lot of businesses started was diversification from from farming into other sources and that business has now grown quite substantially and quite quickly um, with the quality of accommodation increasing the demand increasing and therefore the businesses grow and grow to larger outfits to add more and more professional input to it and amanda uh is there a big investor appetite for this? I mean, are a lot of a lot of holiday parks traded. Uh, there is. There's a huge appetite in this sector at the moment that's been growing over the last few years. Um, uh, and as we've really been saying, it's it's a very diverse buyer pool now. Actually, so you've still got people who want to buy parks as a lifestyle operation, and you've got big corporate operators who are expanding relatively rapidly. Um, and then you've got investors and private equity now come into the market and you've got some different ownership structures springing up with sale and leaseback deals and that kind of thing. So it really is widening the buyer pool. So is it sort of becoming a mainstream investment for people or is it still a sort of slightly, or oh, we'll do a bit of that over there on the side? Uh, I think that's that's difficult to answer. I mean, it still is a very specialist sector, um, but it's definitely becoming more popular you know, the returns from commercial investment are, are down and so the returns in this sector are looking really attractive. Um, and the more investment that there is in it, then the more confidence it obviously builds in others to enter the sector. And what sort of returns are we talking about? I mean, that can vary significantly. Um, as we've said, you know, there's such a range of parks. Um, it depends which sort of park you, you choose to invest in. But the thing that's really attracting investors, I think, is the the steadiness of the sector and the diversity of the income streams that you can can get there, um, and therefore the risk management, if you like, that you have by investing in this sector. The obvious sort of question or, or assumption, I guess, right now is with everybody staycationing, uh, presumably. Now that sort of we're coming a bit out of lockdown, right now, the, the, this must be super popular, mustn't it? The, 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 the short term must look pretty healthy. We have... speak to operators across the country in terms of how they're gauging appetite at the moment and how they've found their bookings to be over the last couple of weeks. And they found both short and long term confidence from consumers. So we're finding that for the balance of the main summer season now up until probably the end of September, early October is fully booked. But what a lot of people are also doing is possibly relocating their booking from earlier this year to next year where they feel things will have settled down a little bit. The appetite's still there, but they'll wait a little bit longer. So there's short and medium term strength in our sector where comparable markets such as the hotels market are finding it a little bit more challenging at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting. David, is, is this a short-term thing? Is, I mean, is this a sort of COVID thing or is it, is it a long-term trend anyway? I, I think it's all, this, the sector that uh, we advise in has always been extremely good um, and, and I don't see any, anything changing uh, in the short term. I think it will carry on. Uh, the demand for uh, second homes or caravans or holiday homes, lodges is, is really still good and it, it's proving so when people are actually going back on the parks to acquire their new homes, so to speak. So, yeah, I think things are looking very, very good. Uh, obviously, there has been a hiccup with COVID this year, but there's no reason uh, 
speaking with some of the operators that's you know it shouldn't be too bad this year yeah do you think there's a do you think it's a a very loyal customer base a sort of almost passionately loyal customer base i think that uh, uh you know i myself i've i've grown up with the caravan industry so to speak and my mother and father took me away in their touring caravan back back in the 60s and uh, i think it's it, it, it evolves you know i've done the same with my children so I think it's uh, it's very much uh, like a, an evolving circle, the whole like a circle of time, if you like. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? What makes Amanda? Um, what makes a, a successful park these days? You know, what, what what do you have to do well to, to to run a really good holiday park? I mean, I think just generally expectations are quite high these days. You know, there's, there's been a real change to luxury parks, to lodges, to all of the add-on extras that you might expect when you go away. You know, it's not necessarily a, a real budget cheap holiday anymore. Um, but you've got, to, you've got to offer quality. You've got to offer variety. So quite often if there's a range of different accommodation, then you're going to appeal to a wider audience um you know and some people will therefore go back to the same parks year after year um particularly if there's some really good central facilities as well um things for children to do while they're there restaurants bars easy access to a beach somewhere nearby location is obviously really important as well as what you actually do on the park itself yeah, and so um, uh, interesting. You mentioned beach, but presumably, you know, uh, near a lake or, or you know, or, or whatever. Yeah, the, the, presumably, there's lots of stuff which which isn't near the seaside, right? There is, yeah. No, there's a huge range of things, and you know, everyone's loving getting outdoors more and more and getting into wellness. So anywhere where you can um, be out in the countryside and um, get out and about walking or enjoying yourself is going to be really popular. And uh, Chris, who's is the is the way people are using holiday parks changing? Is it is it, is it becoming less of a you know we're going for a week and we're staying there, um, sort of more dipping in and out and the like? It is. It's, it's quite a rapidly evolving market, and over the last ten years, what the British holiday park sector has seen is an increase in quality of accommodation, and with that follows expectation. So you're increasingly finding now that people are looking for an experience rather than just simply some accommodation for a week. They want the add-ons. As Amanda said, they want things focusing on well-being and time outdoors and time as a family. And that's where we're seeing the largest area of growth. And I think that has attracted, in turn, private equity investment because they can see it's a strong established sector that has got good short and medium-term growth potential and one they want to invest in. Yeah, and, and, and does the growth come from professionalising and upgrading the, the existing uh, estate if you like or are there more people getting into it more you know landowners saying we're going to turn over some of our land to this sort of thing yeah the the, the alternative scenario is certainly one that we're we're seeing come across i mean they're what we would call the bucket and spade traditional holiday destination market L- large parks near the coast where the coast is the attraction have always been strong but we're seeing an evolving market in the luxury lodge especially the luxury lodge sector uh, where the accommodation you're being provided with is more in line with those that would traditionally stay in a four or five star hotel and that's the evolving market that we're seeing the most movement in really i mean really like a four or five star hotel in terms of the quality of accommodation provided um, the advantage of 
a lodge, for example, is pretty well designed to be comparable to a self-contained suite. But the advantage of that type of accommodation is you're outdoors rather than off a corridor. So if you're a farmer or you've got some land or whatever, how hard is it to, to get into this game, so to speak? Is there a lot you have to do? Well, you, you obviously, it depends on your planning policies for starters, but assuming that you can get around those, uh, the, the, the farming uh, uh, industry is taken on and actually diversified by uh, putting some pods on and some safari tents and things like this. And, you know, they've, they've done very, very well out of it. Uh, I think the danger sometimes is that some people do overcapitalize, but uh, with the right advice, they can make, make you know, make good use of some of land or woodland which wouldn't otherwise be necessarily used and amanda the investors who are coming to this game we sort of slightly covered this already but are they do they tend to be looking at the at it as the, the, the safety side of it you know the sort of it's solid it's land it's etc etc there's quite a lot of you know uh, annual you know uh, commitment for ground rents and, and and all that sort of stuff or are they thinking, well, actually, we can professionalise this industry. We can, you know, there's lots of different streams. You know, we can do uh, have bars and restaurants and everything, and, 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 and it's more exciting than than that. Is that a bit of a derogatory <laughs> way of saying I don't mean it that way, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about more exciting, but I think all of those things um, attract them. So, uh, as you mentioned, you know, if you've got static... Um, caravans on site you get pitch fees which are annual charges which provide a really good sound income base and then you can just add on from that really Um, some people like to look a bit more at the development angle and so the profit that you generate when you put in some new pitches and that kind of thing whereas other investors will look for a much longer play and, and look at the steady income year on year that you can get in um, it's, it's a real mix, but I think that's why there's so much attraction to the sector, really. You can find whatever you're looking for and whatever your key priority is. And is there much activity, you know, in terms of buying and selling? Yeah, I mean, there's a huge amount of activity. Um, we uh, did an update a couple of months ago, actually, just to put a good news story out there about parks that we've transacted after the last over the last few months, even while we've been in lockdown. Um, And since we've come out of that and fully opened up, there's definitely huge pent-up demand out there. Um, So there'll be a lot more sales for the rest of this year. Uh, David, uh, I mean, I I suppose we've really answered this already, but when you look to the future of this this sector, do you you see sort of steady growth (laughs) or do you think it's sort of, you know, it's more than that, it's more exciting than that? I think uh, there is going to be growth. Uh, I think the overall quality of parks and the accommodation is to increase uh, even more so than it has done over the last uh, decade. Um, Tourists don't die, they go static. And I think, you know, to to coin a phrase, but but this is something probably to do with age and obviously people uh, moving on from one type of accommodation to the next and to the next. Uh, I think uh, the boutique style uh, forms of accommodation like shepherd's huts and uh, tree houses and all that sort of thing and pods and safari tents, I think that is uh, certainly 
on the up and very, very popular indeed. Uh, and I think also uh, with COVID and the, uh, the green, uh, everyone's trying to be green, more green these days. I think people will return and find that the holiday in the UK is fantastic rather than taking queuing up at the airports and the ferry terminals and spending a lot of wasted time either in the air or on the boat. So, yeah, I think the, the future for uh, the UK holiday sector is extremely rosy. You, make, you paint a fantastic picture. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, bi- I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, and that's absolutely fine. I think we all need to go to a well david already clearly does uh, go to a holiday park regularly uh, i think we all need to go to a holiday park more, re- more holiday parks more regularly now time for a uh, savile standout statistic uh, just because you're all newcomers to real estate insights you don't get away without a savile standout stat um you've all been warned where should we start let's uh, let's start with chris chris have you got a savile standout statistic for us in this sector i have indeed over the course of last year uh, the the short breaks market i.e. one to three nights, revenue income was, or sorry, total number of was 36.1 million, which accounted for two-thirds of English holidays by volume. Wow, really? Two-thirds? Mm. In, 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 the short break market was one that we saw come about off the back of the last recession, uh, and that's continued to grow. Wow. Gosh, that's amazing. Amanda, what about you? Have you what have you got to wow us with? So um, my standout stat guy was to really demonstrate that you can have very small parks or you can have very large parks in this sector. And so a couple of the transactions that went through um, last year, you might have one down at a a couple of hundred thousand as the value of the park. And another one that went through was well in excess of a hundred million. For one park or a park company? For uh, one combined park. My breath is, is thoroughly taken away. Uh, David, what's your Savile standout stat? Well, I think I'm just going to pass an overall comment rather than an actual, an actual stat. Uh, the overall quality of parks and accommodation is likely to increase. All uh, types of accommodation are very, very popular, even with the recreational vehicles, otherwise known as RVs, have been shown very, very good increase over the last uh, decade as well uh, i think with uh, covid19 people are going to be staying much more in the uk and bring it on that's it for this episode of real estate insights if all we've done is whet your appetite for more information and knowledge you'll find plenty to satisfy you on the research section of the savills website savills.co.uk slash research if you aren't already a subscriber to real estate insights and would like to become one then it's easy to do you just do it through your usual podcast provider we'd, be lo- we'd love to have you as a regular subscriber in the meantime thank you very much for listening see you next time This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.